Welcome to the show, everybody. How's it going tonight, Drew? It's going pretty good. I'm eating some gummy worms. Uh, I love gummy worms. Yeah, but you wouldn't take one because you have a dip in your mouth. Yeah. Tobacco. Yep. We're not sponsored by them. Nope. That's why I'm not going to say the name. Huh? Or pretty much anybody. Yep. Other uh, than steak in a can. <laughs> I forget about steak in a can. Yeah, so what are we talking about? All right. Tonight we're talking about Matrice LaVon Richardson. Richardson. She was born April 30th, 1985. Um, her remains were found... August 9, 2010. So uh, almost a year later. Well, after she yeah. after she went missing. Yeah, so she went missing September 17, 2009. She was released from uh, a jail in Malibu, California, and was never, you know, quote unquote, seen again. So. Yeah, and uh, this is actually I want to jump into this case, but I feel like even though this is episode nine, it's important to point out that actually last week we finally dropped our first episode. Yep. Because when you hear this, eight episodes past the first one, <laughs> you'll know. I feel like we talk about this every time. Yeah, but uh, cool. I wanted to bring it up right here at the front because, you know, it's kind of a milestone. Yeah. But uh, go us. Yeah. Yep. What do we got? SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. iTunes Google, Play. Google Play. And we're waiting to hear back on Stitcher. I mean, <laughs> if they already accepted us, there's a possibility we're already on there right now. But it's Sunday, so. Yeah, so we haven't heard back. But uh, with that being said... Get back into the case. Yes, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Uh, yeah. I had actually, to give credit where credit is due, I was brought attention to this case when listening to True Crime Garage. They do a very good two-part episode over Matrice Richardson. Um, so anyone who wants to find out maybe a little bit more in-depth on some parts, go check them out. But I feel like our perspective on the case is a little bit different from theirs, and the way we present it is going to be a more compact and streamlined... Uh, to the point. To the point version of it. Um, but so, I really enjoy the True Crime Garage. They're a very good, well-produced right. podcast. Well, I've never heard of them until today. So yeah. I'll have to check those guys out. They're, they're good. I uh, like them. So the question right now, who is Matrice Richardson? She worked as an administrative assistant at a freight company in Santa Fe Springs, California, and she was also a dancer at a uh, nightclub in Long Beach, California. She lived in South Los Angeles, though. Yeah. And, and she was openly... She was uh, an, op- an open lesbian. Yeah. She was openly homosexual. Let's well, yeah. <laughs> try to... Are we going to keep the streak alive today? Nope. Now that we're, <laughs> now that we're talking about an actual nope. homosexual person? Nope. 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 But she's a victim, so... Yeah. Or a disappeared uh, person. Now, the thing about it is, you can't pinpoint and say she was murdered. Because of how the field work was done after they discovered the remains. <laughs> we'll but, get you know, into that. We'll get into that one. But, you know, her cause of death was she disappeared and was found nine months later. I mean, yeah. they, they didn't, I, I, did they ever rule, like, a specific cause of death? I don't think so. Because <laughs> I, never, I never read it. It just said she disappeared and was found. That's all I... Yeah, I'll, Everything that I read, it was... That's what they said. Yeah, we'll break it down on that um, coming up later. I want to point out... Um, this woman was very, seemed to be very smart. I had read something. Let me find it in my notes here. Um, Didn't she have a degree? She graduated with honors with a psychology degree from Cal State Fullerton. Okay. So I don't know, you know, if that's an associate's, a bachelor's. That's a bachelor of arts degree. Yeah, I would imagine with her being around 24, she's yeah. probably that. Um, but I mean, she, she seems like a very smart woman. Yeah. She was, uh, and she was, 
you know, I've seen a couple pictures of her. She's a pretty, she's a pretty woman. Uh, uh, she, she, she did pageants. Yeah, she also had a beauty contest. She, uh, she was a contestant. I don't know if she won one, but she was. Yeah. She, she uh, was in there. She, yeah, she was. She was very pretty, very attractive woman. And um, you know, like I said, she was 24 years old. And once again, my dogs are barking. So. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste, Maddie. <laughs> but um, so let's see. You have the date. Uh, okay, so September 16th, 2009, she is going to, um, it's like... Jeffrey's Restaurant. Yeah, Jeffrey's Restaurant on um, around the Pacific Coast Highway, around Malibu. Yeah. Um, and she shows up, and she... I got, honestly, I mean, I was reading about all the bizarre things she had said. Um, I got a lot of the info on some of the things she directly said from that podcast I listened to, and I don't really like to use podcasts. Piggyback. To, yeah, but I couldn't find where they found these, like yeah. the exact words she said. Everything that I said was, or everything that I heard was, she showed up and she was acting bizarre, and yeah. she did, couldn't pay her bill. And so I, I don't know what she said. So. Yeah, so I want to say up front that. That's where I got most of the things she said from. And like I said, we don't like to piggyback. I really like that show. Um, but this is a case that we pulled out of our hat. And that I'm excited about because I, I feel like we have a, an interesting view on things. So I just wanted to put that up front and not let it be, look like we were stealing from another show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, like, you know, it's like valet parking. It's a really upscale restaurant. And this guy... The valet, I guess, you know, he's got cars in front of him. So she's waiting. I guess she gets tired of waiting in her car. So she goes, and when the valet comes back, she's sitting in. It's either his own car or the next car he's supposed to get in to move. And she's, like, going through CDs and just, like, kind of snooping through the car. And the dude's like, you know, what are you doing? And he's, she's like, it's all subliminal, man. <laughs> and... You know, I guess they get to talking some more, and she mentions that she's avenging the death of Michael Jackson. <laughs> at the time. Which was a very recent thing at yeah. the time. Um, and she, as the conversation goes on, she says something to him like, and this is where I feel like part of my theories on some things, this is an important part. He says, is Vanessa here? She, she says. Yeah, she says, is Vanessa here? My bad. And um, the guy is like, uh, he doesn't know who Vanessa is. And... Matrice says something along the lines of, we'll look for the girl with the tats, the tattoos, and she goes inside. Well, while inside, she kind of, she gets a table for one, and then she kind of just merges into a group of people at another table for a while, and I don't know what all she tells them. That might have been the people that she wound up telling, like, she mentions that she was watching a soap opera earlier in the day, and God told her to take the day off. You know, something along those lines. God, we're going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And so she's talking to these people, and I guess one of them reportedly kind of asked her, like, well, aren't you going to eat? Which I took as them kind of hinting, like, maybe you should go go back to your table, (laughs) you know? Shoot. (laughs) And and maybe she took that as they're going to buy your dinner. Because she eats, and she had a bill of, like, $89 or something at this place. Well, they had valet parking, so it's probably an upscale restaurant. Yeah, it is, a, I think, a fairly known upscale place in Malibu. Okay. Um, it's, and it's known for its view of the coast, being on that highway. And so 
which we're calling it Jeffries. I'd heard it pronounced like Joffreys or something. That might be it. But it's spelled it's spelled like Jeffries. Yeah. So, but uh, they um, so the, you know she's like I can't pay the bill. Yeah. And well, what was funny about it is whenever she was arrested, <laughs> there was they found like money in her car. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't say how much money was in there, but there was she did have money. Yeah. Now I don't know if. She expected the bill to be eighty dollars. Was like, I can't pay for it, but I've got twenty. You know. Yeah. I don't know, but she there was money in her car. Yeah, there was money, uh, like her whole purse, her phone, and like less than an ounce of weed was found in her car. Yeah. But you know, as she's talking to like the manager, and reportedly some of the workers like offered to pay for her meal, the manager wouldn't let him do it, and he later on <laughs> comes to say like, well, I, the way she was acting, I thought she was drunk, and I didn't want her to drive off. So I didn't want them to be able to pay, but he makes it sound like he was doing her a solid, but after he gets her basically arrested, he has her car impounded. So I don't know if maybe that was him in retrospect trying to sound a little bit better. I don't really know. But, you know, while he's talking to her, some of the choice things that she apparently said was like, I'm from Mars. And was she, they never explicitly say what she said, but they hinted that she kind of implied like, well, I can't pay with money. Maybe I can pay with six. And that was what was important when you were talking about. Yeah. Really. And so they, um, you know, they have this kind of exchange. And apparently they're, they ask her, like, you know, do you have anyone you can call that can pay this bill? And she, I think she tells them she doesn't have a mom or dad around. Uh, but she says she has a grandma. So, like, she calls her grandma. And I think she, you know, she tries to pay her, but, or pay for the dinner, but they wouldn't accept the, the credit card over the phone for whatever reason. Yeah. And so lined up, the cops come down. They didn't really have anything to arrest her yeah, on. They arrest her for, quote, suspicion of not paying for the meal and possession of less than an ounce of marijuana. Yeah, so, I mean, like, they check her car before they take her in. But they they apply, like, a field sobriety test and find out that she's not intoxicated. Yeah. She's not high. The Because um, it's the, the first cop assumes she's drunk. Yeah. And then he has another one a um, do the field sobriety test. And he's like, no, she's not drunk. And they're just like, that's when they get to thinking, okay, maybe this is a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. So with that going on, they go on to um, the jail. And here's in my ta- in our telling of things, I wanted to come in and say, this is when the first phone call comes in from Matrice's mother. Uh, Matrice's mother's name is uh, Latisse Sutton. And she calls, and I've heard the, the calls, a few of her calls between her and the police department. And this one honestly makes me sad when hearing it and knowing. Well, yeah, I've got it written down here that uh, <laughs> her mom, actually, whenever she made the phone call, she informed the police officers on her mental health. Now, I couldn't really find much on, like, past mental health issues. but Yeah, she, she didn't really have it, and it wasn't in the first, well, in the first call she kind of mentioned something. It's it's like she starts telling them she's worried that she's having like a mental health issue. Like oh, okay. maybe they're starting to see something happen, but she never had any prior events that would make them think that that was a problem. Oh, and so they're kind of taken aback. Okay. But in the first call, which occurs between when the cops start bringing um, Matrice down to the uh, station and before she gets there, uh, her mother calls, and she's talking to the dispatcher guy, and, you know, she's like, you know, I got my daughter, they said they're bringing her down there, and he says, okay, yeah, we got a call, she was at this restaurant, and they're on their way, 
And she basically asks him, like, well, are y'all going to release her tonight? Or are you going to hold her till tomorrow? She says, because if you're going to release her tonight, I want to come pick her up. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to hold her till tomorrow, I'm going to come down tomorrow because she has a younger daughter at home still. And the guy's like, yeah, we'll probably keep her for the night. So And uh, the night, you know, the reference of tonight to the uh, police station that she's booked at is... 12.28 a.m., so <laughs> yeah. as soon as it hits that time, oh, it's time for you to go, it's morning now. Yeah, so they, you know, she says that, and then this is where it gets really sad, because this is a missing person case within, like, less than a day, but they, her mother is like, you know, I, she doesn't know the area, you know, she's like, you'll see when she gets down there, she's really well-spoken, this is out of character for her, and she says, you know, uh, I don't want her to be released somewhere, she doesn't know where to go. And the guy's like, oh, well, she'll be safe in here in custody. And the mother's like, oh, no, like I believe she'll be safe with you guys. She's like, I'm just worried about you, um, her being released and not knowing where to go. She, Her quote is along the lines of, I don't want to wake up tomorrow on the news with her having her head chopped off. And, you know, the guy's like, oh, yeah, you know, there's crazy people out there. And they kind of end the call. So after that, she gets down to the station. And they start giving her phone calls. But, like, she doesn't have her cell phone on her because it was left in the car. And they don't know if maybe the only number she had memorized was her grandma's number or if she even had that one memorized because I guess she does make some calls and she does like talk, but it makes me wonder if she was really getting a hold of anybody or if she was just talking to kind of make it look like someone's going to come pick her up. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she's calling. They keep her in a holding cell for a while. And then you said, what time was it that they released her? They released her at 1228 a.m. Uh, and then that was kind of against the advice of her mom, yeah. Uh, her, I think her mom was on the phone with a man named Steve Whitmore. Uh, yeah, uh, that sounds familiar. He, he said his quotes were, she exhibited no signs of mental illness or intoxication. She was fine, and she's an adult. So, yeah, which I can see that. You know, she's an adult. Let her go. She'll figure it out. That a lot of a lot of them do that. I mean, that's not out. Of, that's not out of character for yeah anybody. And I mean, it's when you think about it. She probably, because it sounds like everyone who talks that was at the police station, they say that, you know, when she got down there, she was different. But it does make you wonder, like, what happened between when she was telling people Look. it's all subliminal man and getting picked up, and then, like, they testing her knowing she's not drunk, and then they say, well, there must be a mental problem here, bring her in, and then just a few hours later, they let her go. Yeah. I mean, uh... I've heard stories of people going from, like, batshit crazy to, like, perfectly fine and normal in, like, the instance of a second. Yeah. You know, when you talk about mentally ill patients and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's not that's not too weird, but at the same time, it is. Uh, well, yeah, and you would think they would at least have had, like, been like, no, let's, well, let's keep common, you here and let a doctor come look at you. And also common courtesy. I mean, well, well, I don't know if you call it that, but. I would think that most police stations, at least the ones around here, would at least keep them for the night. Yeah. Anyway, without, you know, oh, yeah, if you want to go, we'll let you go at midnight. You know, whatever. I mean, I, I would think they would have kept her until, until morning. Until morning, but, you know, this is, this is Hollywood. This <laughs> is Malibu, California. Yeah, I don't know. Which I like how we say that because we're from Oklahoma. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, they, you know, people from California are probably like those damn hillbillies in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just so you know, we have Chick-fil-A here. So. <laughs> we're official. We're, yeah, we have a Domino's pizza in Omogi, so we're, get, get on our level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
So, you know, they release her, and that's when it gets kind of foggy. Yeah. Um, For apparently everybody, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently. Um, honestly, I don't know how she found out. Do you know how her mother found out she'd been released? Because I don't think, I mean, she hadn't heard from Matrice. Well, um, I, I believe she called in. Yeah. What, was it like three or four? Early morning hour, I think she called in. She calls her, She call, I, I listened to a second phone call where she called in at like 5 in the morning and talked to a guy. But I don't know if maybe she did call in and then they were like, yeah, we released her. Yeah. And then maybe she called back after she didn't show up. Well, I'm, I'm kind of foggy on what's... in between the time that she was released and, you know, morning hours where it's daylight, she's seen in the backyard of the news anchor, uh, Bill Smith, um... She's, I mean, a bunch of people see her, you know, which kind of in between the night. And I was, I heard that she was kind of going in and out of his house. Now I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I, I, yeah, no, I that it was just his backyard or something. Yeah, because I actually heard the 911 call or the dispatcher call he has. Mm-hmm. I've, I've listened to a lot of calls. She didn't go into his house. Okay. And as far as I know, he's the only person who has said that he had seen someone who was probably her. Yeah. Um, the, the neighbors reported someone that is out. out. I'm guessing that they didn't get a good look at her, but that's that's yeah. Kind of now normal. the police, the someone at the police station, they claimed that they asked her like, "You want to stay here until someone like will call, you know, get someone to come pick you up?" Yeah. But they couldn't hold her, and she said something along the lines of, "No, I'm gonna go see some friends or meet up with some friends." Mm-hmm. But I don't know who, you know, said that. I don't have that name, and I don't know if that's true. Yeah. But I I've, I've seen that in a couple places that. They were assumed she was going to see a couple friends. So I think she must have said something to somebody, depending on what theory you wind up believing in this hectic thing. I don't know what theory I believe. (laughs) But before she shows up in Bill Smith's yard, um, Latisse has at least called probably a couple times, but the call I heard was she starts telling the guy, she asks, how soon does it have to be for me to first to file a missing persons report? Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, okay, let me hear, you know, what um, who who are you looking for? Kind of questions like that, and she starts explaining, and that that's when she really brings up like I'm concerned of her mental state because she's like, well, uh, he's like, why are you, you know, why are you worried? Like you think maybe she would catch a bus or something? And he's she's like, my daughter has never rode a bus; she wouldn't know how to ride a city bus. <laughs> and so, uh, well, neither have I. I don't have a college education. So. <laughs> yeah, and but she, you know, she says that and. Um, so the cop is kind of talking to her, and she's like, I'm concerned about her mental state. Everything that sounds like went on is just out of character for her, and I'm starting to hear stuff from my sister, and it sounds like maybe she's having some kind of, like, a meltdown. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you go from when she said that to the ballet guy, she's, like, at this state of, like, weird, right? Yeah. And then she's coming down off this weird trip, yeah. and then she's normal when she gets to the police department, you know, whatever. And then when she leaves... I mean, there's neighbors saying they heard voices, women's voices at the tennis courts. Um, they heard screaming and yelling. Yeah, I had like the vacant house or something like that in the neighborhood. Yeah. So I mean, like, I've seen people tripping out before, and they're just like talking to the walls. So, <laughs> you know, could have been her. I don't know. That's just kind of what they they suspected it was. Yeah. But, I mean, she's like she's going, she's she's coming down, and then she's going back up. I mean. Yeah. With no substance abuse or anything like that. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that could possibly be like a bipolar kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, but 
regardless, you know, we don't know exactly what happened in the hours between when she got released and when she sighted around 6 o'clock at Bill Smith's house. But this guy calls because he looks out his window and he sees a woman who is wearing the same clothes, like description of clothing that Matrice is wearing and fits her description really well. Now, mind you, at this time, there's been no reason for the police to think that she's missing and there's no reason for anyone else in the public to know anything about her. So it's kind of suspicious. Yeah, well, I don't think it's suspicious when you hear the call because... And some people say it's suspicious, like, because they it, they say, depending on what you look at, it ties into a police conspiracy, because they say the way that guy talks to him sounds like kind of professional, like he knows a lot of inside lingo, but he's like a, a news guy, and so he's probably been around for a long time, yeah. and and honestly, if you listen to the call, like, he calls in, and he's just like, well, you know, there was a, he's like, there was a woman around in the back, and she was just sitting on my steps, and now, he, she, now the neighbors seen that, seen her try to get in, it's not a long way. Okay, because yeah. I hadn't seen nothing like that. Um, but what I know is he, the guy in the call says that, I guess, you know, it's in Malibu. These are nice houses or whatever. And it's around some kind of walking trail and, like, horse riding trail. And so he says, like, to get into their property, their property is, like, far enough off of a trail that it is. it would be weird for someone to be as close as this as she was. But they leave a lot of gates and stuff open so that, like, she wouldn't have had to really break into anything or jump a fence to get to it. Yeah. He just said normally people kind of respect the fact that, like, the trail is public and their house and yard is not. Mm-hmm. And so he looks out the window and sees her, you know, sees this lady on the steps, and he kind of like hollers out at her like, "Hey, are you okay?" And she says, How "Scary would that be though?" Yeah, <laughs> just to like, see someone laying yeah. on your steps. Yeah, just be like. Whoop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like, honestly, it sounds like he woke up in the morning to, like, get ready for work yeah. or whatever, so he's, like, drinking his coffee, looks out the window, sees a lady on the steps, and he's like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm just resting, or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, he, he quotes, she was resting, Yeah, in, in his statement. And so, and in the phone call, he says, basically, he, like, seen her in that window, and then, like, I guess maybe she kind of started to move. And he went, tried to go to another window to get a better look at her after she said she was just resting. And by the time he got there, she was gone, he says. Uh, or he couldn't see her. And he said he, at first he didn't really think nothing of it. But then he thought it was kind of weird that she was that close. And so he called the police to, basically he called her a prowler. Like he was just like, eh, you know, check it out. So, you know, we're not, it's not confirmed technically that that's who this was. Yeah. But as we will see later, it's 99% that's who that was. Yeah. Um, that was about the last sighting until yeah. she was discovered. Until, now, now, her father says that he could have sworn he'd seen her in <laughs> Las Vegas working as a prostitute. But And the thing, the thing about that Vegas call, though, and that's weird, is uh, there was a lot of sightings called in after the father said that. So it sounds like... You know, maybe a lot of people kind of piggybacked like, oh, I've seen her, you know. Yeah, everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame. That's yeah. From listening to these stories and reading up, you'll get witnesses coming in just like out of the... Or saying that they're the killer, you know. Yeah, I mean... Um, I I'm the phantom. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the thing, though, about her father's sighting, and one that I think kind of... I think he believed it was her. Um, yeah. Because he said, like, he was, you know, he was driving in, like a like, a taxi or whatever, 
and he seen her and he said he, it looked like she was working as a sex worker on the street. And so he, by the time he's like, hey, pull over, pull over, and he hops out. And by the time he gets over there, she's gone. Yeah. Um, and that's not, you know, especially with what they knew at the time, that was probably the prevailing theory. If she wasn't dead, someone was forcing her into slavery, you know, yeah. uh, sex slavery. Yeah, but by the time that we come, that we come full circle and find her, that was, it's, her. yeah. Because, I mean, she's found yeah. right there in the neighborhood of where she went. Missing, basically, right? You, yeah, she's so, I mean, found. Yeah, like, yeah. So, well, I mean, we'll put that. We'll, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but another thing, I, I hadn't heard you talk about it, so I don't know if you read it. Did you read about the mural, the graffiti mural that they found in the yeah, area? Yeah, um, to where she was found or whatever. Yeah, there was like um, the empty spray cans, and it looked like they were fresh or something. Well, they found this before she was found murdered, <coughs> like or yeah. found, you know, and. Um, we're not going to say murdered because we don't know for sure, but yeah. like, but there's this mural of, um, it's like black women in different various like sexual positions and acts. Yeah. Searchers found racially and sexually offensive graffiti on the walls of the covert in the canyon. The graffiti was freshly painted and paint cans, brushes, and other potential evidence was left. In the city. Yeah. And according to Google. Well, this also leads into the, um, the police theory, if people are going to vouch on that, that there's a cover-up going on, because some of the women have been described as, like, they looked blue, and some of them looked, like, actually supposed to be, like, black women, yeah. and so they the assumption was, oh my gosh, what if there's a crazy killer, and he's been serial killing these women, and these ones in blue are the ones that are supposed to be dead, and it's like, he's keeping a count. And, like, I think one of them, like, on the like, but one of the women was like the LA Dodgers logo and just like really weird. And it's supposed to be really creepy. I mean, we haven't seen pictures of it, but eventually the cops said they found the people who did it. And it's like a local graffiti artist who says that like, it's really close to the style of like the guy who got him, like his idol graffiti idol or whatever. Yeah. But the, the weird thing is the, uh, the sheriff's department or, you know, police department there, was on a very staunch uh, no tolerance for graffiti. And so maybe they thought, like, since this had been kind of looked at as maybe a clue in a murder and they found out they were able to clear that, maybe they just let them go and mm -hmm. said don't do it again. But some people point at it as to say, well, why didn't they take them in for the graffiti or give them a fine? Yeah. You know, they just covered it over or whatever. Yeah. But um, Kind of going back into the, the theory of... Yeah, if you yeah. subscribe to the theory that the police have something to do with it. Yeah. But, and another thing we hadn't brought up yet, the mother uh, gets into contact with the police station, you know, as we've said, very, you know, the day of and stuff. And while she's kind of trying to work with them, by the way, it's raining here. We're getting our spring season storms. So if you hear the thunder and stuff, just uh, make think it's ambiance. Don't get scared. Yeah, yeah. Get your thunder, buddy. <laughs> but uh, they, um, they're saying, well, you have security cameras. So Crabtree, I mean, wouldn't it make sense that they have security video? Yeah. Well, the police chief at the time is like, yeah, we don't have the tape. There's no tape. There's never been a tape. And, well, a few months later, well, okay, yeah, we have a tape and it's in my desk. Well, okay, can we look at the tape? Well, no, not right now. <laughs> a few months later, her mother gets to look at the tape, her mother and aunt, um, because it sounds like the aunt helped out a lot, too, because the day that she went, that Matrice went missing – um, her aunt found a bunch of, like, Matrice's business cards on, yeah. on her uh, porch. And, like, this rambling note that made no sense was, like, 
attached to her car that was from Matrice. So she's been helping, um, and they get to look at the video or whatever, and they say that it seems very obviously edited. Now, they say that the editing, you know, one of the things they point out is, like, it shows her kind of walking around. I don't know if it's a lobby or, like, a holding cell, but it shows, I think it was a lobby, um, but they show her walking around, and she has a piece of paper in her hands. They say she looks pretty obviously distressed, but uh, you go from one scene of her, like, pacing, and then all of a sudden it's like she's kind of moved over and the paper's on the ground. So they said it's been edited. I mean, possibly maybe it was, like, a few hours worth of tape, because to me, the edit they bring up is where, like, you see her distressed with a piece of paper, and then the paper's on the ground. But what happened? I mean, she doesn't look really like anything's been happened to her. Yeah. So maybe they cut it for time. Maybe she just paced a long time. I don't know. But I also feel like if you're pacing and if you're in a bad mental state, why yeah. did they let her out? Yeah. So, I mean, like, it goes, it goes into, like, you can try to cover this up, but, you know, when you're trying to cover this up, you know, that brings out more, yeah. of, like, the why, you know what I mean? And they, she, but she leaves, they have her on camera leaving, and going, I think, to the right of, after she leaves, and then two minutes later, they show a deputy coming out of a side door, and I want to say it said he was going in the same general direction, but I'm not going to come out and say that's for sure. No, we can't. Did you did you find the video? I haven't seen the video. I just I I this is the description of what her mother says is on the video. That, like I'll be completely honest with you. There's a lot of times where like you go like you hear there's a video out and, and you go to look for it and you can't find it. Yeah. I mean I was lucky enough to find like on the Jameson case. Yeah. I, I, I found that one, but and well and plus on this one though I believe a part of that is the fact that it is um, it's technically an ongoing case. So maybe it's, like, evidence, so maybe you can't really. Okay. But, you know, she's describing what she says is in the video. She seems like, I mean, I feel like she's very believable. Yeah. So, you know, we have that going. But, and I, you know, I love a conspiracy. <laughs> but. Yeah. But the thing with this cop thing, I, I don't know. Like, like the way I look at it is, you know, because you, you, can, you can tie it into, like, oh, well, the cops had something to do with it. All right. And then if you... Thunder, everybody. Thunder buddies to life, right? <laughs> but if you if you want to go with that, that's fine. If you don't want to go with that, then the police definitely dropped the ball on this one. I mean, this is one where there could have been a lot more done to keep this from happening. Yeah. So if you don't want to go with, oh, well, the police had something to do with it, okay, that's fine. The police were definitely in the wrong. Well, and to, to back this up, because we don't want to get in trouble for slander or saying alleged things, her, Matrice's mother and father, <coughs> filed a civil suit against the police department for wrongful death of Matrice, and they won. They won like $450,000. So in a court of law, a certain court of law, it was found that, not that, that they were responsible, but that they definitely could they have done, done steps prevent. to prevent it. Yeah. It was very preventable, and all these things fell through the cracks or whatever, that it didn't happen. And they were kind of too big of cracks, like it shouldn't have went down the way it did. Um, but, you know, so like, we had the date August 9th, 2010, so it's almost a year later. Yeah. Um, they find, there's a, there's a skeleton, or skeletal remains yeah. found um, seven miles from the, and that was something else I wanted to bring up. The, the remains are found seven miles from that police department. Yeah. 
Now, that guy's house that they had the sighting was six miles from the police department, and these remains were found in that wooded area next to that guy's house. Yeah, and that was awesome. And, you know, where she was found, she was found naked, you know, like... Well, her clothes were found, like, a few yards or, you know, okay. a little bit away from her. All right, well, that makes, cause that makes more sense, but, like, where they found her at was right by, like, a place where, like, they filmed pornography at. Yeah. So, like, when I was reading that, I was like, well, you know, maybe, but then I was like, yeah, she didn't have anything, she didn't, like, go over there and film a scene, and then, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, um... I had read that, and I, I'd only seen that in one place, which was, like, the Wikipedia, I think, that I seen that on. Um, the other I found it. <laughs> the other stuff I had read, I never heard them bring up that. But what they did bring up is... I don't really think it's, like, a big deal. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't think it is. But one thing that is kind of a big deal, her, you know, the, her remains were found just a little bit away from a notorious grow area for, like, I think Mexican cartels yeah, for, like, for marijuana. Yeah. And so there is the theory. <clears throat> and they did find, like, close to that, like, you'll find, like, snack bags and just, like, trash around where it's, like, kind of obvious that there have been people coming out there checking the, uh, the crops. Yeah. Um, and so her when her corpse was found, that was how it was found, was because there was cops scanning the area for marijuana plants. Yeah. And now that I say that out loud... That honestly makes me feel like... Oh, hey, the cops found her. Well, yeah, but I actually feel like it helps cover them in a better light than what I was at first thinking. Because I wondered, like, if you want to subscribe to the cop theory that maybe, like, the cartels are paying them so they kind of leave them alone. Yeah. But those cops had, like, went and tore down a crop the year before there. And they were coming back to check again to see if they had come back. Yeah. So... It doesn't sound like they're really helping the cartel out much. Yeah. Um, but um, in that case, you know they 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 kind of like removed her body from the scene, and it's against the corner. Yeah. Corner's advice. Well, uh, they because the corner didn't get to come down. Exactly. Like they were like, you need to come, you know, or however he got notified, and then they were like, well, we're gonna move it, and he said, no, don't do that, and then they, we, did, it anyway. they did it anyways, which led to, and this is gonna be a little bit graphic. But uh, it sounds like, you know, when they went to pick up parts of the remains, they picked up the skull, and the spine was still connected to the skull. So, like, they lost a few vertebrae that, that didn't really even get brought into evidence because it was left out there, that's, from what I read. Like, that that's what makes me, like, just foam, like, mad. <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to be, you know, a police, you know, detective, or... Yeah. You're supposed to be, like, you're in the, you're in the law enforcement business, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And... I don't know, if it was me, I mean, I would do my best every time to do the right thing, but you find so many times that police just like, oh, whatever, I've had a long day or something like that. I don't know if that's just the exact case in here, but I mean, it just, it still makes me mad. Yeah, and I feel, I just, if I'm being honest, I feel like they don't, they didn't think, if there's no cover-up there with them, I feel like they didn't think that she was murdered. No, I feel, they which they didn't know that it was Matrice at the time. Te you know, technically, they yeah. they might have had a suspicion knowing that stuff, you know, about yeah. that call. But if they think it's her and they don't think it's been a murder, maybe they're not that concerned about maintaining the crime scene. Yeah. Um, but what I mean, they just automatically write it off. No, it wasn't homicide. There's no foul play. Yeah. I mean, which I, I don't really know what how much of a autopsy you can do on skeletal remains. So. Yeah, it, I think it depends. I mean, you know, if, if there's a bullet hole in the skull yeah. and you can tell that's what it is. 
but at the, I mean, it's been out there for a long time, and her clothes were like a little bit away, so you couldn't really even tell anything um, that was very conclusive. Um, but you know, her body was found; it was confirmed that it was her. So I mean, at least the family did have the remains. But now you wonder what happened to her. I mean, did she wander out there? Was she having an episode and she wandered out there and she just kind of like succumbed to the elements? Did someone find her that was not very nice? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, that, that's where you kind of like you, know, you if you remember back to the, the Jameson case. I mean, like nobody is gonna know what you know what happened. I mean, that's another thing where I, if it was me and it was my family member. I mean, I've had a, I've had a family situation where a loved one was killed, and I mean, we could tell right away it was that she was killed, and then we could tell right away, you know, who we had suspects on. Like that was like relieving to like know, you know, I couldn't imagine, you know, like well, you know, she's missing. Okay, well now we found her body, but we don't know what happened. Like, yeah. I know what happened to my relative, so I mean, it, it, that gives me peace. You know, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. But I, I just feel for the family members because they, they're never really gonna, they're never gonna know, you know, what exactly happened. Yeah. And that's what, that's where you can kind of, you can make your theories or whatever, but I mean, there's, there's, there's not one of them that's gonna be like, oh, well, this is that, this is exactly what happened because there's not enough really information to conclude, okay, yeah, well, this is, this is what happened. Yeah. That, that sucks. That's really unfortunate. And I mean, like, I have a family case that is very similar, not in like the Matrice thing, but it's similar in the fact that, you know, she went missing, and then like a year later, we found her, uh, you know, her remains, and we don't really know what happened. Yeah. We just know that she was murdered, and it, you know, it is a very strange situation to find yourself in. Yeah. But you know, they, especially my thing with her, with Matrice, is there's so many things where like the family's basically able to be like, if you had just done this, or if this person had just done that, yeah. she, you know, we could have. This wouldn't have happened, yeah. you know, and maybe if she was having a mental problem, then they're going to, this is when you're going to find out and you're going to get her the help she needs and then everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, you know, a series of unfortunate events happens yeah. and they wind up, you can't, you know. Yeah. And that's where the lawsuit comes in and, you know, they're, they're given how much money was in a it's civil like suit. $450,000. Yeah. Which in that, and you know, I, I was having a conversation with my parents not too long ago. I was telling them about my uh, policy at work. You know, if I'm accidentally dismembered and killed at work, <laughs> you know, my family gets like a million dollars or whatever. The, yeah. And, you know, my dad was like, well, that's still not enough. He was like, you know, I mean, so, I mean, $450, that's great, but that's that doesn't replace a loved one. And I, I've, I've seen people pass away and the, the remaining spouse, you know, the money that they would get with like the life insurance policy, like they just wouldn't. They wouldn't even touch it. I mean, it would be a, a good a good amount, you know. Yeah. And they just wouldn't even touch it because of. It, I guess it felt bad. I, I'm not I'm not 100 sure, but you know, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's all right. Maybe that might make that might have made it a little bit easier to grieve, but it, something just very very tragic happened to this family. So I mean, they had every right to press it in yeah know, civil court. I guess you'd call it. Yeah, it was a civil suit, and I mean, you know, you get that money. But it, you would trade the money away in an instant to get them back. Yeah. But that's that's not how it works. So, yeah. I mean, if you get that, it kind of yeah. helps to feel yeah. – you feel justified, you know, in the fact that people who have been found in a court of law that could have prevented this from happening, yeah. it's identified that you messed up and now maybe you need to find a better policy. Yeah. You know, you need to do better the next time so this doesn't happen to someone else. Yeah. And – but, you know – 
it, it is what it is on that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Crabtree, I don't know. I mean, we've kind of told the story. Yeah, go we, ahead and dig into your theory. How, how do you think this, what, what do you think happened? Well, my theory has honestly evolved just for me saying everything out loud now. And, and I like doing these theory episodes. We haven't really had one since our first one with the Jameson case. <coughs> but with, with this, I think she must have been having some kind of mental yeah. issue. Um, I wonder about this Vanessa thing. You know, she asked the guy at the restaurant if Vanessa's there. So I wonder if she was, like, meeting someone on a date. Um, I mean, she was openly homosexual. So, like, if she was meeting someone on a date or maybe she knew someone that worked there and maybe she thought that person worked there or whatever and the yeah. guy was like, I don't know who you're talking about. So uh, I do wonder who that is because I wonder if that could play into anything. But, you know, she was obviously having some kind of episode, whatever it was. Uh, she gets picked up, and I feel like I feel like the guy at the restaurant was maybe trying to be helpful, but the fact that he didn't just be like, "Yeah, leave her car till tomorrow," like he let him take it, mm-hmm. like I, I don't really know how that was on that, but I don't, I just don't, I don't feel like the cops did anything directly to her. I just feel like the cops dropped the ball, dropped the ball on it, and they let her go. Um, you know, the, the idea had crossed my head of like, you know, that deputy that leaves that they like refuse to name him. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they probably refuse to name him for his own safety. Like they don't want people badgering him. Yeah. But, you know, the idea does cross my mind of like, well, what if one of the cops that brings her in is like, yeah, you know, I mean, apparently she kind of implied like she would offer sex to pay for that bill. And then that guy, uh, you know, someone in there goes, well, if she was offering sex to pay for that bill, maybe she'll offer me the same deal if I'll give her a ride home. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to do that, and then it goes wrong. Yeah. I, I don't really think that that's what happened. Yeah, I don't buy into it much anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to know if that deputy saw anything. I mean, I would like them to, if not, if they didn't name him, they should have at least went and talked to them themselves and to been see like, what he... See if he's seen anything. Because yeah. um, it uh, is... Which, I, you know, as lousy as these police detectives or police, you know, officers seem like they are, I'm sure they probably did. It just wasn't... Maybe it just didn't enough, pan out. Yeah, there wasn't enough, really, anything special in there to yeah. put it down. And, you know, I mean, I, I think they did their job. I just think that there were certain parts where people didn't give the right information to someone and then it fell through. Mm-hmm. And then even though she had been in there for, like, you know, mental evaluation, you let her go. You didn't, like, sit her down and say, you know what, let's keep you overnight and let a doctor look at you and get your family in here. Yeah. And they didn't say, man, I know you can't just, like, give a ride to everybody, but still, you're letting someone loose, and you've had her mom call in and say she doesn't know where she's at. And and the thing about it is, I don't know if, I'm not 100% sure if they could say, no, let's go ahead and keep you. Because at the end of the day, she isn't showing any signs at the time. Yeah. And she's an adult. I. So I don't know if they could. I think they could have just based off of how things went when she was, she was picked up. Yeah. Because I think they could say, we're going to keep you overnight and let a doctor look at you in the morning. Yeah. I think that's pretty reasonable. I don't uh, think I that mean, they would get in trouble. I, I think they could have done that. Um, I don't think there was any legal issue there. There's no violating her rights. Yeah. I mean... You know, you put someone in a drunk tank and they have to sleep it off or whatever. Like, 
you're still going to keep them for a while, even after they're probably sober. Mm-hmm. Um, so they probably could have kept her at night, or you know, at least till the morning when it would have been have, safer. Yeah. But you know, she gets released, and honestly, I I mean that was pretty much obviously her at that Bill Smith guy's house. Yeah. I think he's just a innocent bystander. I think he called in because something weird happened that never happens before. Yeah. And I think he called in, and I think he did the right thing on his side. Because, yeah, I mean, you have to remember, this is like an upscale neighborhood. Yeah. Finding somebody on your back porch is kind of out of the rig. Yeah, just so, someone sleeping, you know, looks like they're sleeping or whatever on your back porch. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, it, it's, not, it's not suspicious about at all that he called in or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he did the right thing. I don't think that there was anything weird going on there. Um, and he, uh, so he did that. And then I think she goes in the woods from there, and <clears throat> I think that she had made it six miles in that span. So I would say that she probably could have found her way out of the woods if she went out there. I think she came across somebody. Um, I mean, there's a possibility that maybe she just, like, her state got worse and worse. But I feel like since the cops let her out, that her state couldn't have been that bad when they let her out. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I just, I feel like she came yeah. across somebody maybe doing something that's bad and they didn't want to witness. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to her out there. I mean, I'm I'm kind of torn between that being the deal or possibly, you know, her really just getting worse in her mental state and getting lost and dying. But at the same time, it's, she was able to talk and was had made it to someone's porch and knew what they asked her. And then she gets a mile farther and that's where she's found. So that's where I think maybe someone did something to her. I mean, I feel like it's, I feel like some kind of foul play is involved. I mean, uh, uh, the big part of me says that foul play is involved because I don't, unless her physical health was, you know, on the downcline before she got picked up and all that stuff, whether it may be like dehydration or uh, something like that, you know, Maybe she would have wandered out there, you know, got dehydrated and just passed out from being, I, I don't know, I, I guess it could happen, but I mean, I, I'll go, I'll kind of piggyback on yours and say, I think that she's seen something that she wasn't supposed to see yeah. and they took care of it. But, you know, there's nothing that comes back with her bones that says there was any blunt force trauma to her skull. There was a bullet yeah, in her head, anything, yeah. but I mean, she very well could have gotten shot in the stomach yeah. or you know, whatever, and, you know, just bled out. I I, mean, I don't know. It, it just kind of goes like there's not enough evidence to really kind of conclude. The reason the reason I think that it must it probably was some kind of murder is because we're not talking about her being in a desert. Hmm. And she's not in, I mean, she was at someone's house a mile away. Yeah. You I know? Mean, like, so it, even I, if she got dehydrated and, like, passed out. Yeah. Like, she's going to wake back up. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I'm just like, I don't, I don't kind of pay much into it, but I mean, I, it very well, I guess you, I guess it could It's a happen, possibility, like, but something could have happened that was not from an, another human doing anything yeah, bad. I don't buy much into it. I mean, I go more towards the case of something happened, but, yeah. I mean, I can't. We can't say for sure. I, yeah, I can't say for sure. I mean, was, like, with our Jameson case, when we talked about that, there was obvious bullet holes, or there yeah. was holes that were pretty much obviously bullet holes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It's, and there, the gun was missing, but, I mean... You know, and that goes back to, like, I feel for the family because if one of my loved ones was, you know, found dead like this, and we, I would never, for the rest of my life, I'm not going to know what happened to him. So that's where I'm just like, oh, 
that would just be kind of like an endless torture, you know. Yeah. I mean, eventually, uh, time, I guess, might heal it a little bit, but that's your that's your kid, that's your niece, that's your cousin, that's your yeah, you know, whatever. It's you know, it's gonna be rough, and they're you know they're always gonna miss her, and there's always gonna be that fact of like. Look at all these things that could have happened a different way that wound up. Uh, yeah. If one of these things had not gone this certain way, we would still have her. Yeah. You know? And it's just aggravating. But, so, but yeah, it's, you know, and, it, and I think they're still invest, you know, there's a new police chief there. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I think they have it open. I just think that they their stance is they have searched every lead they had at the time. So it's cold now. And it's cold, but if they get new leads, they do investigate them. So, I mean, you know, we we do this show hoping that, like, you know, you, you listen to it and you enjoy the show, you enjoy these topics, but ultimately we do hope that it brings attention to these cases. So, I mean, yeah. if you're listening to this, it is an open, cold case, and if you have any information, I mean, get a hold yeah. of the cops there in Malibu. Yeah. Um, or the proper authorities in that area. But uh, yeah, long I mean, shot, but it's still available. Yeah, I mean it's out there. Yeah. I mean someone, someone probably knows if something happens, someone knows something. Yeah. So, but um, you know, with that said, Crabtree, I think that's my theory, and I think yeah. we're kind of on the same conclusion. I think, yeah, we're on the same page, definitely. Yeah. But uh, I guess this one, for being as underprepared as I was for this one, <laughs> actually. Didn't turn out too bad. <laughs> no, I, I think we think we did At good. At least I'm not sick this time. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I felt like our mayhem episode was good, but it was more funny because you were sick. Yeah, and you just did not give a frick. Nope, not at all. <laughs> I think I cried a little. Yeah, <laughs> Count Grishnak. <laughs> but uh, all right, well, guess with we'll that, diving into the hat trick. Yep, we'll be back in just a second with the hat trick. Hashtag, let me get a soul clap. Yeah. <laughs> well, Drew, you ready to pick out the hat? I am ready to pick out the hat because your wife picked out last time, yeah. and I am saying that was your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm deprived of picking. Yeah, so I'm getting to pull one out. All right. And uh, pretty soon we have to put some more in here. Yeah, I know, right? We've got, we've got like five. Yeah, this was episode nine. Yep. So hey, this is our first milestone. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. So we're gonna be getting close, and uh, so we got the tenth one next week, whatever this topic will be. And I, I wanted to tell this fun little story. I picked up a book that is this huge book, and it's just called Serial Killers and Psychopaths: True Life Cases That Shock the World. We got it, books a million, and uh, I was thinking I no longer get to leave bookstores without getting strange looks now that we started this show. But he always <laughs> But we're gonna be able to go through this. And have at least good jumping points for cases, so we're yeah. going to have cases for days. Like, honestly, like, if I'm doing research on a case, like, I've found like, 90% of the cases that I've put in have been from, like, doing research. And, like, at the bottom, it's like, check out this topic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. If you if you like this story of murder, yeah. <laughs> I was about you, oh, check out this. Oh, you're already a creep. Here's some more. <laughs> <laughs> you want to ruin your life some more? All right. <laughs> Social status? Gone. You're going to need a counselor after this. <laughs> I already have one. <laughs> I am in therapy. Anyways. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm ready to pull out and see what we got. I hope you get like, a really good sense. My pull-out, ga- my pull-out game is strong, Crabtree. I did not even know that. <laughs> yeah, I was lying, but anyways. Let's see. Oh, Lord. Oh. 
So we just pulled Matrice Richardson <laughs> back out of the hat. I forgot I didn't pull that out last time. Alright, so we're going to leave this in and we'll scrap this. And I guess now, Crabtree, you get to pull a name out of the hat. <laughs> gotcha, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> this, was all, this was all some kind of scheme. This is about some bullshit. You better shake it up pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we already pulled a blast from the past. What about pull out general boost, you don't know. My, my pull out game was really weak on that one. <laughs> I was talking all this shit. <laughs> Alright, Crabtree, get us a good one. Come on, let's move. Oldest convicted serial killers. <laughs> oh, that, cu that yeah, couple? This yeah. This is actually, kind of ironically, yeah. I found this one doing the research for Bat Rouge. Yeah. Serial killers. <laughs> it, was like, it was like the bottom of one of the links. It was like, oh yeah, oldest, you know. This was, this was one of those suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, because you sent that to me and I was like, let's freaking do it, man. Yeah. Like, I was like, that's... That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, this, one, this one'll actually be fun. I don't think they actually don't quote me on this, but I, I think they don't, they're only convicted of killing like five people. But I think like the mannerism of how they did it was it would have been easy for it been a lot more. Oh yeah, you I mean it's, yeah. you kind of think of like how the movies portray like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like what I thought of first. But this just happened like in Missouri or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the, the, sure the Missouri old couple killer. Yeah, <laughs> the Missouri. You're you're That's never good. you're never gonna convince me that that wasn't on purpose, even yeah. though I even though I pulled that out. Well, if you remember, I was sick last time. Oh yeah, and <laughs> I was just like, well, here's my true switch and there's paper sitting on our. Because we yeah, because yeah, you can look at my table when we record at my house. Every once in a while, you'll just see the topic where I just leave the piece That's of like, paper like a week ago. Yeah, like, yeah. That's a, that's a phantom killer. Yeah, it is. Why is still doing it? It is fun when I, when other people come over and they're like, why do you have a little piece of paper that says the phantom killer of Texarkana? <laughs> <laughs> Just like nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Ignore that. I mean, which, I mean, now that we have our stuff online, it's pretty hard. It's going to be harder and harder to hide it from other people no, that we're talking like, about murder. What, like, because like, I keep my notebook. Like, I'll, I'll get, you know, through with doing research or whatever, and I'll set my, my notebook on my nightstand, right by my bed, right? Uh -huh. And it'll stay there until we record, right? Yeah. So for like a good five or six days, it's like sitting there. And then... Maddie. Oh, uh, I'll be thinking, I'm like, you know if the cops, like for whatever reason, <laughs> happen to stroll in my bedroom, like looking for something, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm not an interesting person, so nothing in my life... <laughs> I'm not an interesting man. <laughs> <laughs> nothing in my life is going to draw the attention of police, but... If it ever happened, and they flip open that, and they see the Jameson family murders, <laughs> this is the, he did it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Ger Gerald Foose. Yeah, uh, yeah. just like, huh. Yeah, and so, I, mean, I mean, like, I'm always like, man, it's, it's going to be hard to explain. But. I mean, I guess you could call me, because you have to use your one phone call to call, yeah. to call me. Drew, and explain I'll, this. And I'll <laughs> show up with these, which now that we're online, I guess you could be like, listen, I do this podcast, <laughs> and just here, listen to it. And if you want to, you can rate and review on iTunes. It would really help if you give us five stars. So that's what I'm saying to y'all right now. <laughs> is little hit. A hit to find us on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud. Rate and review us on something. Yeah. If, you know, and uh, hit we us actually, up on our Facebooks. Yeah, stuff. we have that Facebook page. So uh, if anybody wants to, like, just drop it off, like, you know, hey. Hey, hat trick guys. Yeah. We like your stuff. Or, hey, hat trick guys, you guys suck. Yeah. Any review is a good review. We, we, any any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. But, you know, talking about your notebook, I don't think I've, I've told you this. I don't think I've said it on air. 
Um, I was when I bought a new notebook to start doing my notes in, and got my pens and stuff. I was like, I seen those notebooks of, with like pictures like puppy dogs, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I I, all, I was so close to buying one of those to put these notes in because I was like, you know how funny that'd be if I just had this notebook of like cute puppy dogs and it's just like seven people were murdered and decapitated. But and somebody just happened to show. Oh, look at this little cute. Yeah. Little, wonder what this? Probably a journal. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, was thinking, like, well, if I had ever, ever take it to work, it would look strange enough of, like, this grown bearded man walking around with a puppy dog notebook. And then it would be a lot worse if someone opened it and it was just like, Jeffrey Dahmer raped all these men. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just thought y'all would enjoy that. I mean. Uh, well, no, I remember whenever you first told me about it, I was like, no, you should totally do that. <laughs> yeah. I told Tony about it, and I mean, Tony is the perpetual hater. Hell yeah. And he was just like, no, you shouldn't do that. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> he was just like, you're going to go to jail. Like, I think he's already written off that we're going to be in prison one day because of this. <laughs> for, for doing research for, on for <laughs> mostly solved cases. I wish that we could uh, put, like, some kind of disclaimer on our Google searches. Where it's just like, if the NSA is reading this, we do a podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're not just finding inspiration. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> like, I mean, my search history is pretty bad. Oh, yeah, I clear mine all the time. Like, I mean, I leave mine open or whatever. But, like, it's just, like, all these, like, cases, you know. That, I mean, that, that's really, that's all it is. But it's, like, you know, maybe, like, some stuff about NBA. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. LeBron James, stat total, this and that. And it's, like. Jeffrey Dahmer, killing, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I remember uh, for whatever reason I watched that documentary on YouTube of Jeffrey Dahmer, and it was uh, just like, you know, if anybody ever goes through your history, it's just gonna be hard to like. I remember whenever I was in tech, I was in drafting class, yeah. and uh, me and Zach would like go on YouTube whenever we could and uh, like just look up stuff like this, you know, because I mean he was interested in it. I, I've always been interested too. I was telling my dad about it. I was like, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer, blah, blah, blah. Like the next day it was somebody else, you know. And he was yeah. like, you better watch that shit. Because, <laughs> you know, they, they, they see your, what you've been looking at. He's like, they're going to come in here and take your ass to jail. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you got a point. I never did it again. So. <laughs> Until now. Yeah. <laughs> Until I show up. And, I mean, we were already friends at the time, but now we've put together this podcast. Huh. and He meets me at Boomerang with a podcast scheme. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I traded in my wife for a podcast. <laughs> you made a good trade. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, I hope she never finds this. Oh, I hope she does. <laughs> <laughs> there has been a part of me where I was like, what if we hit it big with this? Like, not even money-wise, just like it became really popular. And they were like, <laughs> you seen something in the newspaper, and it was just like, Drew Branson and Dustin Crabtree successful um, podcast people host in the area and it's just like I shouldn't have left <laughs> I could have had that podcast dynasty going on <laughs> could have been Drew and Bree could have been the first well I guess Kelsey and her would be like the first ladies of the podcast but now it's just Kelsey <laughs> yeah but with that being said yep um, like Drew said we're on SoundCloud iTunes uh, Google Play yeah and we, we'll, we'll bring this up now um <laughs> after making the show and recording eight episodes, oh, yeah. we find out that there is another show on. It's on Google Play and SoundCloud for sure. I don't know about iTunes, but um, it's, it's also called. It's, it's, it's just called Hat. Trick it's called Hat Trick Podcast. No dash between the hat and trick. And their logo is an upside down purple top hat. Yeah. And so that 
but they're you know they're not talking about true crime. I mean, I, what I listened to like five minutes of what that guy had to say, and it was, I was just like, okay, never. Yeah, I mean, they... Not a threat. I see. <laughs> we're going to... If we weren't going to get sued for this name, we're going to get it now if they ever find this. What if... But, you know, what if they did the same thing? Like, if we pop up and they're just like, oh, yeah, they're not a threat. <laughs> but um, they... Uh, you know, one of their titles of an episode was like, Deal Does, Deal Don't. Like, something about dildos. So, so... I don't. Okay, well, it's, it's completely off what we. Yeah, talking. so I think. But yeah, if you if you're looking for us, and there's like two hat trick podcasts. Yeah. Ours is the one that looks cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no but ours, we're sure they're nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, ours has the in front of it, the hat trick podcast, a dash between hat and trick, and yeah. uh, our logo has an upside or uh, an upright upright hat. hat. Yeah. With a blue banner above it that yeah. says it, and, um, and the background's white. Yeah, which so. I think their background is white also. Is it? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, that's be be cautious of that. I mean, you you would probably only make that mistake once because if yeah. you if you listen to us and we're like, oh, they talk about murder and other things related, and then you find them and you're like. This is nothing to do yeah, with Yeah, and they're, I mean, the host names aren't us, so yeah. we're hoping. Yeah, we might, we might end up, you know, going official with, like, the, the Hat Trick podcast with, with D-Brain, D-Brain and D-Crab, D-Crab, just to kind of avoid that. Yeah, we're going to kind of write it out and yeah, see. I know, like, I know whenever I got on Google Play, it was, which, I mean, I, I know what the background looks like, but, so, I mean, it was. Ours and theirs popped up at the same time. Yeah, they're side by side. Ours popped up on the right-hand side of the screen yeah, when I looked it up. Yeah, so did ours, but I guess that's because they put their stuff out first. Yeah. And beat us to it. Yeah, they beat but, us. they're on, like, season two <clears throat> or something of their now, stuff. Do you remember how we came up with the Hat Trick podcast? How did we come up with the name? Because I don't even um, remember. I'm sure it's in, our, in like, our messages back and forth. <laughs> well, you, you I... however, don't have that anymore. I, yeah, because my phone crapped out on me. I... <laughs> The other night, I picked up my phone and realized it had become an expensive paperweight. And um, so I got a new one and a new number, ladies. <laughs> also, now my now my ex-wife can't get a hold of me. Not, that, she, not that she'd been trying to, but um, we <laughs> but we um, we had been talking, and I mean, we came up with the idea of like pulling the topics out of the hat. Okay. And so I was just like. I told you, I was like, I don't care if we just call it, like, D-Brain and D-Crab's Hat Trick Podcast and have, like, a cartoony crab and brain with top hats. And that was a bit over the top. <laughs> so, but, I mean, our logo would be... It, it would be pretty... More distinguishing. Yeah, yeah. The other one. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it became easier and it was more reality-based to have it the way we did yeah. it. And that was kind of a long title with all that in there. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I listened to a podcast called The No Sleep Podcast. Yeah, and even that one, I'm just like, you're kind of cutting it close. It's not too long. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to have to say all these words. Yeah. I mean, I love last podcast on the left, but that's a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> so, you can't say that in a rap. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was their idea, so no one can diss them on the track, dog. Challenges. <laughs> I'm coming, I'm coming with you with equal force, but um, razor blades and lemon juice. <laughs> but I'm guessing now that I've dug a hole and put out their talking about my ex-wife um what uh you got anything else you want to throw out there crabtree i'm tired you're tired yeah you you've had a long day and you gotta go back in this work soon yeah so i guess with that 
We'll uh, be back with you next week, and we'll be talking about the oldest convicted serial killers, which yeah. were a couple. Yeah, and if you if you want to like look it up online or whatever, they're very very old. You just like their <laughs> the picture, picture. It was like was it like sixties and seventies? I don't even. Or remember. was it seventies and eighties? Yeah, I think it was seventies and eighties, but yeah. I mean, they're old. I think the woman was a little bit younger than the man was, or vice versa. But it was like. Four years younger. It yeah. wasn't a lot. Um, ages of 76 and 69. Oh, okay. Uh, you want to say their names on here? Ray and Faye Copeland. Yeah, that's it rhymes. Yeah. We could make a diss track about them. Oh, yeah, that'd be easy. But that'd be like slander, but I guess we we're talking about them murdering people. I mean, if they're not dead yet. <laughs> this is the <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, they might be alive. That was only like 30 years ago, Cryptree. I mean... When I think of, like, what age I'm probably going to die at, it cuts off at, like, 65. I can't see myself living any older than that. So, like, if you're above 65, you're you're doing it good. I mean, my grandma is, like, 84. She grew up in the Depression. Oh, that's not... If, she, if she understood what a podcast was, <laughs> <laughs> then we could get her on for some really fun stories. What was it like whenever you were growing up? She <laughs> told me some crazy stuff. Yeah. I you mean... You telling me a few things about, like, the... Yeah. Like Dracula, I think it was. Yeah, she's seen the original Dracula like in theaters, and yeah. like they ran home because she was like born in Arkansas, and her she was in the middle of like eleven kids, and her dad and some of the brothers that were old enough, they like went and worked in Arizona, got enough money to come get everyone else, and they made their way back to Arizona, worked some more, got to California, and then like her dad and the boys would like pick oranges, and that was their job. They'd work on orchards, and they like lived in like a tar paper shack and. She, like, slept outside on a cot and um, just all kinds of stuff like that. And, I mean, it's fun to have her, like, tell the story. But, I mean, they, yeah, they grew up pretty rough. Yeah. Um, but, it's I mean, it's interesting. They basically, like, live the grapes of wrath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But. All righty. Next well, week. Next week. We'll uh, be back. We're pushing them. an hour and almost eight minutes. Yeah, I think the longest one we have is the Texarkana. That's, like, an hour and a half long. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Which maybe after I go through and mix it and stuff, it might cut down a little bit. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. All right. Anyways, bye. Bye.